This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you ideas for, surprise, surprise, um, ideas for how to be happier. This week we'll talk about why you might organize a pop-up discussion circle and we'll discuss a listener's question about how she might help her sweetheart tackle his personal administrative tasks. Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am here in my home office in New York City, and joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, you and I could have organized a pop-up discussion circle for the Get Back Beatles documentary, because we were very fired up to talk about that thing. Yes, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, we did have a two-person discussion circle on More Happier. That's right. Yeah. And maybe that's enough. Two is enough. Two is enough for a circle. Yes. If you want to listen to that, I will post a a link in the show notes. We very much enjoyed that pop-up discussion. And here is an update for our upcoming very special episode 380. Every 10th episode is a very special episode. So we've got one coming your way. Yes, we are going to have an Ask Us Anything episode. That means you can ask us anything about the four tendencies, about clearing clutter, about us as sisters, about Gretchen's job as a Supreme Court justice, uh, anything about television. Oh, just... I was a clerk to a Supreme Court oh, justice. I mean, sorry. I wasn't, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't yes. a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> Yeah. Whoops, I meant at the <laughs> Supreme Court, yes. I appreciate the promotion, but yes. uh, yeah. Ask us anything. Yeah, yeah, we always really enjoy those episodes, so that's coming up in 380. So this week, as previewed, our Try This at Home tip is to organize a pop-up discussion circle. And I got the idea for this because a friend of mine discovered Lori Colwin, who is this writer who wrote many decades ago. She died very young, and she has kind of a cult following, and many of her books were recently republished. So 
she mentioned that she loved Lori Colwin, and I'm like, oh, I love, I love Lori Colwin too. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I, you know, you know when you, you know when you discover something and you think no one else has seen it yes. or read it or listened to it or whatever. So she was very excited. And then she ran into another friend who also turned out to be a Lori Colwin fan. And so she thought, hey, let's all get together. And she invited a few more people. And we all went over to her apartment and discussed the works of Lori Colwin. And so hmm. beforehand, she she circulated this, this article that had been written when the books were reissued that was a summary of Lori Colwin's life and work. And it gave you a starter kit. It's like, if you're going to start, these are the three books to start with. And so... You didn't have to read anything. There was no commitment. It's just show up if you want to talk about Lori <laughs> Colwin. And this was so fun. It wasn't an ongoing commitment. It was just a one-time thing, but I enjoyed it tremendously. Well, and you said that, Gretch, and I love this idea because there's so often when I do want to discuss something in depth once. Yes. So, or yes. once a year, let's say. For instance, Succession, the show's right. Succession. I would love so every good. season to have a pop-up discussion circle about succession. Absolutely. And you could even, you could have like, let's watch it together and then discuss it. You could set it up a lot of different ways. But you're right. There's a lot of times there are things that you're, I mean, when Mad Men, you know, I just kept wanting to talk mm. to you about Mad Men. Yes. And so it might be things that are current, like succession, but it could also be something from the past, like Laurie Colwin, or it could be something like a podcast, like you're really into a podcast and yes. you find somebody else who's into it. And you just want to have the chance to talk about it. Or I think it could even be an issue like, hey, look, we all have kids applying to college. Do you want to get together and just sort of talk about thoughts, concerns, share tips, resources, you know, talk about it. We know we're boring other people who aren't interested in this subject, but to us, it's really interesting right now. Because I think sometimes I think so much about starting a group because I think that's a great way to get together with friends mm -hmm. and expand friendships. But I, sometimes that feels like a lot. You know, you're like... Right. I, I, commitment. It's a commitment. It's time. It's energy. This is kind of just a, like a quick hit of fun, but it's also going to relationships and going to strengthening ties. Yeah. Another, like a book, for instance, Gretchen, that I could imagine people having a pop-up circle for is Untamed by Glennon yeah. Doyle. And we talked to Glennon. But I've run across so many people who want who love Untamed and want to talk about it, but they're not necessarily people who want to be in a year-round book club. Right. So I think there's so many times. Now, I was telling you, I could never do this, for instance, with The Real Housewives, because that would have to be every week or every month. I could never do right. a one-time because I need to talk about it year-round. So that's a great distinction, because for you, that would be a great thing to have a group around. Yes, it Because would be. a group, you get certain benefits from a group. But for this, you still have the chance to connect with people who you really like and that maybe you don't see often. And also, like, with the pop-up discussion circle that I went to, there were a couple of people who I was really good friends with, a couple of people that I wasn't quite as close to, and then there was somebody I had never met before. Oh. And so, again, I'm deepening and broadening my social ties. And, and, and you could imagine how, like, when a huge show comes to an end, like Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones or something, yeah, it's like you, you, you're excited to talk about it. And you might pull in a lot of people that, just because you know they're fans of something or they're going through a certain thing, like, we all have puppies right now. Right, right. I'm sure you would love to talk to people about puppy management. Yes. And I also think, I think that when you connect through an enthusiasm, it's mm. different. It's more, people are, feel less, less self-conscious. You have something to talk about. You know, you have something in common with people. Yeah. Maybe that you don't know. Yes. It's a great way to broaden out. 
And Gretch, what I love about this is you could do it at your home, but you could also organize it at a restaurant or even at a park, yeah. at a coffee shop. So it's not as if you have to entertain to do this. You just yes. have to be willing to reach out and do a tiny bit of organizing. Yeah, exactly. Well, and another thing that I like about something like this is one thing that the research shows is that there's tremendous power in loose ties. That when we think of something like, I want to meet a new romantic interest, or I want to switch careers, or I want to get a promotion, or something like that. We think of going to the people we know well. But what the research suggests is that often it's the people who just know us a little bit, that we're only loosely mm. tied to, that give us benefits because they know people that we do not know. The people who are very close to us, we share a lot of common information, so they're not adding as much. Whereas somebody who's like the friend of your cousin they know a whole different set of people from you. They're, they're in a completely different setting. And so they bring a lot of new information to you. And something about this, it's like, yeah, you could have a reason to get together with people that you wouldn't otherwise spend a lot of time socializing with. And those loose ties, first of all, they make our lives feel richer and more yeah. energized because we get energy from new people and kind of new connections. But there's also value in that, in that you're expanding your your network and there's a lot of good use. And, and likewise for them, you're offering good value because you know things that they do not know and you know people they do not know. And so for both people, it really is, it's very energizing, useful. Plus it is fun and yeah. easy. <laughs> yes, fun and easy. Although I will say, Gretchen, also you talk about living in an atmosphere of growth and hearing yep. other people's opinions, talking about yes. creative material of any sort, I feel like yep. always makes one feel they're living in an atmosphere of growth. Well, absolutely. And also it can make you deepen your appreciation of something. Somebody yeah. points out something that you hadn't thought or like, did you think about this foreshadowing or did you connect this character to this character or did you think back into this earlier time? Or I mean, I always talk about the podcast binge mode because yes. they did binge mode Game of Thrones, binge mode Harry Potter, binge mode Star Wars. And I love it because it's some. It, they are talking about something that I already know well, but they deepen my appreciation of it because they bring new information to it. And that does make me feel like I'm growing and, and appreciating things that I admire even more. And that does make you feel like an atmosphere of growth. But the one thing, Elizabeth, is I'm not 100% convinced that we found the best name for this. Pop-up discussion circle? Yeah, it's a lot of work. I like the pop-up thing, but I don't know. So if any listeners have an idea for something Us. that this could be called. We love um, a good name, Gretch. Love a good name. You're the one that was always pointing that out. Things need a good name. I love a fun name. Yeah, so let us know if you have a good name. And if you're, and, uh, if you're thinking about trying this, we'd love to know, like, if you did a pop-up discussion, what would it be about? I'm sure it's about a lot of things yes. that we haven't thought of. Also, on the subject of friendship, because friendship is such a high value, but it can be challenging, um, you can sign up for my Friendship Jumpstart if you want. You know, it's got a, several different resources related to building the habit of friendships. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes, or you can go to happiercast.com slash friends if you want that. Sign up for that. So let us know if you try it, how it works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at Or as always, go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 376 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a hack for getting a table at your favorite restaurant. But first, this break.
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So listen, this is a happiness hack, and I think this falls into the category of very easy and kind of obvious, and yet I'd never thought of it. So it's useful. (laughs) (laughs) The best kind of hack. And Gretchen, this comes from Catherine, who's from Las Vegas, um, where there are many restaurants that often are very crowded. So she says, hi, Gretchen, I've been following you since your original blog. I've passed your ideas on to so many people. My coworker kept a one-sentence journal of her son's and daughter's early years, and it's one of her most treasured possessions. Aww, thank you. I have a happiness hack to share with your listeners. My family loves to meet for breakfast once a week. We usually met at 8 or 9 and then stood in line waiting for a table. The line can be very long on the weekends. One of us had the idea to meet at 7.45 or 8.45 instead of on the hour. We beat the crowd and are seated immediately. It's a small thing, but it makes for a much calmer and quieter breakfast. Ingenious. Great idea. You just pick it slightly off the classic time and you have a lot fewer people to deal with. Yeah. You could also do a late lunch, for instance, if you're going to lunch, right. you know, go later. Right. Right. But uh, that's smart. So the 845 breakfast meet. Love it. And for a four tendencies tip, you know how much I love to talk about the four tendencies. Mm-hmm. And this is a question from a listener 
And it's it's interesting because it's talking about managing the tendencies, not managing yourself, but dealing with someone else's tendency and how that might play into an issue that you're seeing. Yes, it comes from Rebecca. She says, I'm an obliger who loves scheduling efficiency and tackling administrative tasks. My partner is a questioner with rebel tendencies, it seems, who has a mental block against doing any sort of personal administrative tasks. I've managed to help him clear up some of his backlog, but don't want to wholly take on all of his personal administrative, even though it is my tendency and would be rather satisfying for me. What's more is that he is reluctant to accept my help on most of his administrative tasks, taxes, overdue bills, making doctor's appointments, for whatever reason, even though I've tried many different tactics and approaches I've learned from the podcast, scheduling it, mentioning it a few days in advance, dot, dot, dot. Do you have any suggestions on how to help my questioner rebel partner tackle his backlog of personal administrative tasks? Well, this is interesting because many people face different versions of this question. Yeah. So, Elizabeth, what's your first thought? Well, one thing I would say, Gretchen, um, is she said he's resistant to having her help. Yeah. So I think if he wants the help, that's one thing. Then it can be easy. If he's resistant to the help then he's even more not going to want to do these tasks from everything I've learned about rebels. So in a sense, you're better off not trying to help than trying to help if he's resistant. But I, and, I, and I think this is sort of a point that transcends the tendencies, though maybe the tendencies would highlight certain aspects of it, which is this isn't your issue. This is someone else's issue. And so you can't push a rope. And if someone yes. doesn't think <laughs> that they need to deal with this, then why are you trying to get involved? Now, this is complicated because sometimes it's their responsibility, but it affects you. Like, they're supposed to pay the cable bill, but if they don't pay the cable bill, I can't watch cable. Like, even if he's got his own apartment, and I'd like to watch cable in your apartment, if it's turned off, that's a hassle for me. And then I do wonder, and this is something that I've never really come to a clear sense in my own mind, which is, especially if you're in a romantic pairing, what is your fiduciary duty to somebody else? Like, let's say somebody is not making dentist appointments. Let's say somebody is not getting their checkups. What is your role as the sweetheart in getting the person to do it? And, and, and to me, it's kind of like, how important is it? Like, if it's, if it's something where it's, like, crucial for their health, Mm-hmm. obviously, then maybe you have more of a duty. But something like going to the dentist for, like, regular cleanings, I'm kind of like, I think a person should do that. For their own reasons. And I don't really see, I don't really think of that as my responsibility to even monitor whether that's happening. But I think some people feel differently about what the appropriate obligation is to someone else. Because it's like one person's loving reminder is another person's nagging. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you have a rebel, I mean, you're just only hurting the, the, the whole process by nagging. I mean, it may be a long game. In other words, you may have to just stop interfering. And maybe in, in the first three months, they won't start doing the tasks. But maybe in six months, he will. Right. And then I would just say you have to think what's important to you, you know, right. and it's sort of like people don't tend to change. So if if that really bothers you, you have to think but about it. But see, here's it. the thing. She says she's a questioner. 
who leans to rebel, but he's actually a questioner. So I wonder if what's going on is that the questioner's like, I don't see the point of this. Like, I don't see that you, right. you, you think I need to get rid of my backlog of email, but I don't really think that that's a good use of my time, or I'm right. not really convinced of that, or I, or I haven't figured out what the right way to do it is. Or right. you want me to pay these overdue bills, but hey, I've noticed if I don't pay my overdue bills, maybe you'll pay them. So like, maybe that's an efficient way for me to handle that situation. For a questioner, it's really like, why would I? And if they're not doing something, it's right. probably they're like, it's not really worth it. Like, why would I do that? And I say as being married to a questioner, there are many things that my questioner husband won't do that I'm like, well, I think I think you have to do that. And he's like, I don't think I have to do that. Mm. And he's usually right, by the way. Oh, that's he doesn't funny. have to do it. But yeah. you're right. If it's a rebel or somebody who tips to rebel, any kind of reminders, even encouragement, even praise sometimes can cause that spirit of resistance. And so by constantly raising it to the level, it can ignite that spirit of resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if it's a questioner, I would say maybe send an article about why it's important to get a colonoscopy. And maybe that will convince him to do at least the health-related things. I mean, I don't think there's one answer here because it really depends on the people and it depends on what you're talking about, like how life-threatening it is or, you know, how important it is. But a lot of times things are preferences. Like you feel uncomfortable when you see how he's got his stuff organized because you wouldn't have it organized right. that way. But it's his stuff. And if it works for him, it's not really something that you have to. And, and again, this can happen with obligers, which is they take on something. They feel like something is expected of them or they feel obligated to do something where they do not need to do it. And so you might be like, well, look, I'm going out of my way to help you out because I feel like this, I would like to help you. And I feel kind of this obligation to clean up your situation. But that sweetheart could be thinking like, I didn't ask you to do this and I don't think it needs to be done. So yeah. I don't really want to spend my time doing it. And I'm not going to like give you a gold star for helping me because really to me, it's something that no one needs to fuss with. Right. I'm not saying that's right. what's happening in this situation, but I'm just saying I've seen that dynamic many, many Absolutely. times where one person's helpfulness is completely not appreciated by the other person. And is in fact, you might say, well, they're benefiting from it, but they do not feel grateful for it and they do not feel like it is needed. And so it can start a, a difficult dynamic. So the thing, I think the first question to say is like, why am I worrying about this? Right. Why am I worrying about something that is in someone else's inbox? Because maybe I don't need to worry about it at all. And he can just deal with it. And the consequences of his action are in action, which is something that works for all the tendencies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, I hope this helps. And please keep us posted. I'm curious yes. to know if he starts doing any of these administrative tasks or if you just decided it's not important. I'm very curious to hear how this yeah. plays out. And by the way, we should say this is why obligers are like the rock of the world, because these are the people who are looking out for everybody else and thinking through like, hey, if you don't do this, there can be really negative consequences. So I don't want to sound dismissive. Because right. this could be very, very valuable and important and be requiring a lot from the obliger. But I'm just, I think that there's that puzzlement about why the other person doesn't respond accordingly. Yes. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, upholders, questioners, obligers, rebels, as always, you can go to GretchenRubin.com slash four tendencies. I'll put links in the show notes. You can take a quiz. Uh, find out what you are, get a bunch of resources to think through the four tendencies. Okay, Gretch, it is time for a listener question. Yes, and this is a listener question from somebody who's, who's this is one of these things where people are like, toss it out to the world. Mm -hmm. I want to hear what people have to say. So listeners, we are tossing it to you. Let us know how you would respond. Yes, and this comes from Gabby. She says, 
Now I am a mom, I would love to know what traditions or family rituals your listeners have established. Growing up, we didn't really have any special traditions or rituals, and I would love to start some with my daughter. Some examples of yours that I love are to celebrate a minor holiday and to have a little excursion with your daughter after school each week. So this is this is a great question, and I think it's really worth thinking about. And it's funny because a new tradition can sound like an oxymoron, <laughs> but you have to start a tradition sometime. Yeah. And starting a tradition when you have little kids can be really satisfying for years to come. And research shows that family traditions, family rituals encourage children's social development. They boost feelings of family cohesiveness for adults and children alike. They're good for people's physical and mental well-being because they give this sort of sense of predictability. You feel like things are under control and meaningful. People know what roles to play. They give predictability, which, you know, some people crave more than others, but, you know, many people really do like predictability, and it can help with things like planning. As your life gets more complicated, it's sort of helpful to have some predictability. Also, when they looked at families that had strong rituals, they saw that the couples reported having happier marriages, mm. and children had more contact with grandparents. Oh. So this is really something we're thinking about. Yeah, and Gretchen, I have to say, I feel like this is one of my weak spots as a mother and a Mm. wife. I feel like I'm really not good at establishing and maintaining our little nuclear family traditions. Mm. I would love to improve that. I don't know if it's just I kind of connect it to entertaining and I feel uh, insecure about entertaining. Mm. But I would, you're, I feel like you are really nailing this area of family Mm. life, and I am not. Well, maybe it's because I do. I am somebody who loves predictability so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know that if I want to do something, I have to institutionalize it because I don't do things like sometimes or like when I feel like it. It's like I go to the Met every single day or I don't eat sugar. Like I have, I'm kind of so yeah. all or nothing. Um, yeah. So I'm like holiday breakfast. I will do this on Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day and Halloween. And yeah. And I think it also, you know, I thought about it early. I think sometimes mm. if you, you think about it early, but also listen, I bet you have more than you realize. You you do an Easter egg hunt. Yes. Well, I guess some of them are tied to whether you're in Kansas City because we have a lot of Kansas right. City-based traditions yes. and rituals. Like the way we, we always go to Winstead's. That's yes. a big thing in our family. We always go to Winstead's Diner. Like the first day we're in Kansas City, it's always like, that's just like a thing we do. We don't make a big deal about it other than we we do it. Yeah. Always. It's funny, Gretchen. I was just recently thinking about this topic and I was thinking I really want to start hosting uh, Easter every year. Like, because mm. as you said, for, you know, getting a, together with extended family, I was like, well, let me try to start a ritual of us always having everyone over for Easter. And then that will be a tradition and a ritual and a plan. And it's always nice yeah. to have a plan. But like you have tamales every Christmas Eve with your extended yes, family, right? But they're doing that and I'm taking right. part in it. I'm not doing yeah. that. That's the that difference. It's it's very different to take part in a ritual. I'm great at that. It's yes. the being the one yes. to initiate and make yes. it happen that is yes. the challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, so this is interesting. It's like sometimes traditions revolve around food. Like we're going to always have the same food at a certain time. That can be a lovely tradition. My college roommate, her family had a really fun, easy tradition where, so she had a brother, and they had a tradition that at any milestone, it might be a holiday, might be the first or the last day of school, like any kind of remarkable day, they would take a picture of her and her brother sitting on the front stoop of their house in the same way. And so as a result, they had like dozens of pictures of them 
like the same way. It was actually fascinating because you could really see their clothes changing, their hair changing, how they were growing. That's great. And it was so simple. It was just about like being in a particular place in a in a particular way. A family tradition that mom started, Elizabeth, that I really loved, um, and I've kind of stolen this from her. Uh, I've stolen the idea from her, but I haven't placed it into the calendar. There's things you can buy, and I'll post a link in the show notes, called Flying Wish Papers, where they're, they're tissue papers, and you write a wish on it, and then you, you roll it up in a very specific way. You light it on fire. The tissue paper shoots into the air, turns into ash, and floats down. But sometimes if you don't do it right, it doesn't it doesn't shoot up, so there's a little bit of suspense. Yes. But it's, the idea is you go, you, everybody writes a secret wish, you go around the table, everybody cheers. It, mm-hmm. is, it does feel very— it's so like, fun. Eliza was saying how much she liked it. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a ritual that's very satisfying. You probably wouldn't want to do it with really little kids because of the lighting things on fire, but hmm. it's not a big deal, and uh, it's really super fun. Yeah. And Gretch, another tradition that I think I could start in my family, my nuclear family, is dog birthdays, celebrating dog birthdays. That would be a fun one. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I love that people have done that. You can, like, make a big deal out of your dog's birthday. One thing we've never had, we have never had a big Fourth of July tradition in my nuclear family. I feel like the Fourth of July in the United States is, like, there's a lot of scope there. I, I keep thinking, like, I should come up with something Good. Like, that's a good one. Like, let's host a blank. Let's host a picnic. Let's host right. a, a uh, marshmallow roasting. Let's do sparklers, whatever it might be. But I've never I've never figured that out. Yeah. It's also our mom's birthday. So yeah. I, I often go to Kansas City for mom's birthday. But I will say it's not an actual tradition. Some right. I try to go, but sometimes I don't. So, right. but yeah, that is a great place to have a tradition, even if it's just sparklers on the lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing is, um, I think it's like, okay, what do you want? Because there might be different things that you're trying to achieve and maybe you're trying to achieve all of them. So I like to have whimsy. I want to have whimsy in everyday life, kind of lighten it up, make an ordinary day special. That's something that I strive for. But then we've talked about like extended family cohesiveness, which is we're all going to get together on a certain day and we can all plan on that. There could be a spiritual meaning. Like, you know, there's Mm. all different ways to do things that have deep spiritual value. I thought of passing along family history. Like, so I'm not 100% sure that I remember this exactly because it it was a long time ago. But if I remember correctly, in the TV show, This Is Us, in the first season, it showed the family having this very peculiar set of Thanksgiving traditions. Like, they went for a 3.4-mile hike, which is a very specific length. They mm-hmm. ate very particular food. They watched Police Academy 3 all together. <laughs> and what you learned in the episode was that things, things that go wrong can make the best memories. They had a Thanksgiving when the children were young where everything went terribly wrong, and then it ended up being like their favorite Thanksgiving ever. And so they had all these traditions related to basically reenacting all the things that had happened when their tire blew out on the side of the road and they ended up having to hike to some kind of like roadside motel and what they did there. So again, it's related to family history. This is who we are. These are our memories. And that's something that you might want to do with a family tradition. Yes. So send us your family traditions. I want to know what they are. I'm sure we're going to get ones that we just absolutely love and want to incorporate. Oh, yeah. I've I've taken, like, my holiday breakfast. I took that from a friend. I'm constantly, like, pranks. April, yes, April yes. Fool's Day pranks. I'm constantly, like, free writing off of yeah. other people's ideas. 
<laughs> okay, coming up, I give myself a health-related demerit, but first, this break. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, Elizabeth, this is an even-numbered episode, which means it is your turn to talk about a demerit. Yes, so Gretchen, I have to give myself a demerit for the fact that I have not yet gotten the shingles vaccine, okay? Oh. Everyone talks about how awful shingles is. You do not want to get it. And the problem is it's a two-dose vaccine, so you have to plan it. And I think you take them a month apart. And I had a plan, like I was traveling and I said, okay, when I get back, I want to get the shingles vaccine. Mm -hmm. And what's happened is I waited too long and now I'm going to be traveling again within the next month, which means I have to wait until I get back from my next trip to Puerto Rico to get the vaccine. So in waiting, I then couldn't get it. So I'm now I'm back to like June. And I really right. wanted to get that done. Yeah, yeah, I know. When when and when you have to get the timing right, it takes a lot of advanced planning. So, well, but now you've given yourself the demerit. So, yes. you know, a lot of times that does the trick. So yes. put it on your calendar. Yes, that's what I have to do. I have to put it on my calendar for when yeah. I get back. Yeah, well, it's the whole thing about things that can be done at any time or often done at no time. And you might yes. think like, oh, I have I have weeks to do it. And so then the weeks go by. So yes. yeah, put it on the calendar. And, and, and then even if you move it, it's been, it's on the calendar to be rescheduled. I have gotten mine. And I have to say, I, it was a big relief to get it done because we know people who have had shingles and it is just, you do not want to get awful. shingles. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, Gretchen, what is your gold star? Okay, I'm giving a gold star to myself. Oh, good. Because, you know, we always talk about identify the problem. And part of the problem is sometimes you don't even realize that you're experiencing a problem. Like there's some kind of annoyance or difficulty, but you don't step back and say, hey, I'm experiencing something. Is there a solution to it? So I have a set of headphones. And for years, I had a particular set of headphones. Then they broke. And I got a new set of headphones, which had a much shorter cord. 
So I could sit comfortably at my desk the way I am right now, um, mm -hmm. but I couldn't even like reach to the side and pick something up off the floor. They were too short. They would pull off my head if I if I moved even like three more inches away from my. And I tried moving the computer and doing all this, but I really couldn't extend make them more useful. So I felt very stuck. And sometimes when I'm doing this and I don't need to be on screen, I like to pace around just to like you know just get up and move because yeah. we don't like to be stuck. And then finally, I was thinking about, I'm like, you know what? I wonder if you can get an, a headphone extension cord. I would never have thought that such thing existed. But if I'm experiencing this problem, probably other people are. And probably people are experiencing it much worse than I am. Like, they actually need to get up and move. Like, I just, it would make my life easier. But there's probably people where they, they actually can't do their job with their headphones on if they can't move more. So I looked in line, and sure enough... It wasn't even $10. <laughs> and now I can just fly around. My office is so tiny. I didn't even have to get a very long one, and I can go anywhere in my office. And, it, and it's, it makes me feel so much freer. It's eliminated kind of a small annoyance, but that was a very persistent annoyance. Yes. And I have an I can get up and reach a book off my bookshelf if I want to. It just, and I, I feel like I identified the problem, I solved it. Gold star to me. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing like standing up and your headphones like yank off. I hate yes, that. Yes, that's what's happening to me like three times a day. Yes, yep. love that you solved a problem. Yes, yes. And if somebody is like, oh, who knew that such a thing existed? I'll put a link in the show notes. So the resources for this week, merch. Remember, we have merch. Oh, I should have worn one of my merch t-shirts. I, mm -hmm. I, I meant to do that and then I reached for the wrong t-shirt. We have it from the Happiness Project Collection, so you can get Four Tendencies mugs or stickers. There's apparel. You can get a T-shirt that says Onward and Upward. There's all kinds of organizational tools, journals. You can buy something for yourself. You can put an item on your wish list. You can buy gifts. If you go to happiercast.com slash store. And also, we were talking about the Four Tendencies earlier. And again, I have a hub where it's just a clearinghouse of all the things related to the four tendencies. So if you go to GretchenRubin.com slash four tendencies, F-O-U-R tendencies, you can learn about the framework and how to apply it. It's using it at work with families, with sweethearts, with children, how to use it to build habits. There's a lot there because I know for a lot of people, they really want to learn more about the four tendencies. And finally, Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? Gretch, I am listening to Real Estate Investing Quick Start Guide by Simon Hay. You know, I'm interested in investing in real estate, so I'm listening to a book about it. And I just started Smile, The Story of a Face by Sarah Rule. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Organize a pop-up discussion circle. Let us know if you tried it, what you discussed. If you have a better name for this, <laughs> we want to know. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, run right now and tell a friend that you love the podcast and tell them to give us a listen. That is how people find our podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Gretchen, how many people showed up to the Lori Colwyn discussion group?
Uh, it was six people, and I think six people were invited. That you know, and that is a really nice number for yeah. a discussion because you can really everybody really has a time to talk, and and um, you can have one discussion. Uh, so, yeah. so fun! It really inspired so me to want to do it again. Oh yes. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org/students. That's lls.org/students. <laughs> 